What's up everybody? It is the steamy, balmy weekend of June 24th in New York City, and we are coming to an end of a subway series between the Yankees and Mets, and LeBron James is celebrating his first NBA championship. Congrats to LeBron. I really can't stand him, but I wanted him to come to New York, and this year he was clearly on a mission to get himself uh, a championship, and he did so, so congratulations to him. Now, what I'm going to do this week is go through a few stories pretty quickly, and then really focus on two uh, for a more in-depth opinion. So let's get started. First off, I'm very happy, as I'm sure all of you are, that Jerry Sandusky, the former defensive coordinator over at Penn State, has now been convicted by a jury of 45 of 48 counts of sexually abusing children, including his own. You know, his lawyer said a couple of hours before the verdict was read that basically the lawyer would have a heart attack if Sandusky was acquitted. Now, uh, if your lawyer's saying that, it, it can't be good. And I can't think of a worse crime than, than raping a child. Uh, and Sandusky particularly looked for children through his own charity that had poor parental supervision and children that were vulnerable to his advances. He'll likely spend the rest of his life in prison at this point, and I really wouldn't be surprised if he either commits suicide or, or gets murdered. I've seen enough episodes of Locked Up to know how child sex offenders are treated in prison, and I could not wish worse on this man. So finally, uh, that chapter is closed. Now, in Wilmington, North Carolina, six teens are being accused of luring a Chinese food delivery man to an abandoned building. At this building, they shot him to death, stole fried chicken wings, egg rolls, fried rice, and $48 in cash. They, didn't, they then took the food to one of their houses and calmly chowed down. The delivery man, Zen Bo Lu, is a father who had recently moved to the U.S. from Shanghai where he was sending money back to his family. And, you know, upon reading this story, I immediately had two thoughts. The first one, probably the more poignant, is just how dangerous a job being a food delivery man is in high-crime urban areas. We've seen this story, I mean, it feels like dozens of times, especially where I live in New York City, uh, where at best these delivery men are, are being assaulted and robbed, and at worst murdered. And I think that they need to be allowed to carry a weapon. I mean, something's wrong here. They're doing this job for lousy tips, and they have to worry about being murdered over hot and sour soup. They're obviously not doing this job by choice. And my other thought, and I mean this seriously, I'm not joking about this, is that these six individuals, I believe all under 20 years of age, uh, they're all going to get serious time. I mean, if I was a judge, I'd give them life without the possibility of parole to be served in solitary confinement. I believe a few will be eligible for the death penalty, which they do have in North Carolina. So if you're going to do that, is it really worth it for Chinese food? Seriously, there has to be a more expensive restaurant in the area. They could have gotten some good food, or at least what they think is good food. You know, like chicken parmesan or filet mignon buried in ketchup, or something a little bit more make-believe high-end than egg rolls, fried rice, and chicken wings. I mean, that's just ludicrous. But then again, I guess, what can we expect from these sort of people? And then, on a little bit of lighter news... I guess be careful of using public restrooms because a woman in Monticello, Kentucky was in a public restroom at Walmart this week and she sat down on the toilet and she became super glued to said toilet. Now, how does this happen? I mean, super glue dries so incredibly quick that I have to believe that this was either A, a very deliberate prank or B, more likely some sort of harebrained scheme to attempt to sue Walmart. The story ends pretty abruptly as it just goes on to say the woman was taken to the hospital by emergency responders and the police chief says the incident is being investigated. There's obviously a lot going on in Monticello, Kentucky. It's a crazy, crazy world, folks. Now onto this week's bigger two topics. 
And unless you've been living under a rock for the past week, you undoubtedly heard about Obama's plan to allow 1.4 million illegal immigrants under the age of 30 years to apply for amnesty and delay deportation for at least two years. Now, the policy uh, won't, quote, provide legal residency, end quote. But they will not be deported and will be eligible to renew their status every two years. You gotta applaud Obama for being very calculating here. I mean, he's basically been in a, a three-year dispute with immigration advocacy groups who, who have told him that he would lose credibility with Hispanic voters if he didn't do something to help this specific group of illegal immigrants. And I mean, I have to agree that the people that are supposed to be included in this plan, people who have been here at least five years, uh, under the age of 30, and people who attend college or high school or, or they're military veterans. And let me just say this. If they're military veterans, then I think automatically they should be given immediate citizenship. If they fight for this country, they're putting their lives on the line, then they deserve to be a part of it. Clearly, they've earned it. Uh, so let's just say that. But regardless, the people this plan would affect are the most sympathetic demographic of immigration policy. So again, it's less than five months until November and Obama is trying to lock up the Latino vote. He came out uh, about six weeks ago saying he's for same-sex marriages. Of course, not enough to actually uh, do something about it because, you know, that would piss off the undecided block that might lean towards Romney uh, had he had Obama proposed any sort of plan. But my point is that he's made his appeal to homosexuals and those sympathetic to gay marriage debate, and now he's doing it with the Hispanic community, and again, those sympathetic to their plight. And you know, when you look at this proposal, well, the timing is obviously funny. You know, it doesn't on the surface sound any alarms. It looks reasonable. I mean, these are people that, that, that are trying very hard to assimilate. They're essentially doing everything right. The problem is that this country is deep in recession. And I'm not sure Obama gets that. I mean, he said a couple of weeks ago the private sector is doing fine. It is not. So we're deep in a recession, and this move is going to cause extra competition in the job market and for scholarships and universities. Now, the argument people used to give who were in favor of not deporting illegal immigrants was, well, they're taking jobs nobody else w would take. Essentially, there's no competition for the jobs they're taking. Now, with the unemployment numbers, I'll say that I'm not sure that statement was ever true. But now I think there's even further cause to dispute it. But now, if these immigrants are granted amnesty and they're able to get scholarships, go to school, get jobs legally, then that will cause some competition in the job market. You might say, Max, you're a capitalist. I thought you loved competition. And I do. But it has to be on a level playing field. The same way I hate these Wall Street fucks that violate trust agreements and use insider information, lock them up and throw away the fucking key. But essentially, what we're doing here is rewarding people for law violation. And that's just a bad message to send. 50% of college grads can't find jobs. The unemployment numbers for high school-aged Americans is staggering. This is unfair to U.S. citizens and illegal immigrants and immigrants who are waiting through the process. What are they to think? And another footnote to this commentary is you have to remember this is Obama order. This is an Obama order. This is a presidential initiative. But how are businesses and families supposed to plan for this when it's very possible that Obama will only be the president for the next six months? It puts a lot of people in very awkward positions. Business owners might be a little hesitant to hire these people if they think the amnesty that Obama's granted could be snatched away in six months. It's the wrong time for the people 
but the right time for the president. Especially since Rubio, who may become Romney's running mate, has been championing this sort of policy for a long time. Well done, Obama. Well done. Now, also, you sort of have to worry whenever you make this sort of argument, because I don't want to be branded as a skinhead or a character from American History X. And this sort of argument immediately turns me into a bad guy or a racist, and I don't think I'm either. But this policy just seems unfair. Why not, if anything, take the people that this plan would benefit, again, exclude the military veterans, they get a green card immediately. But take the rest of the illegal immigrants, say, look, we're going to deport you because you're not here legally, but your application is going to the top of the stack, and once it's reviewed, we'll give you your legal status. No putting off deportation, etc., temporary as- asylum, whatever. None of this wink-wink bullshit. You either do things right or you don't do them at all. You tell them you'll still have to sit and wait, but the United States will expedite the process. What's the problem? Is that too much work for the government? I mean, this is really a half-assed way of fixing a problem, and I really don't think Obama cares if the problem is fixed as long as he locks up the demographic. And of course, he's not thinking of the young Americans who might get hurt in the process. So we'll follow this story as it progresses. Now, I'm sure many of you know what's going on with Greece, or at the very least, at some level know that something's wrong, and they're having horrible trouble with their economy. And it would take too long in the show to explain the whole situation, but basically, to summarize it very quickly, in 2010, it was sort of found out that Greece was misrepresenting their official economic statistics. They were doing this to stay within monetary union guidelines. So basically, they were lying about what was going on to stay in the European Union and to be able to continue to use the, the currency, the euro. They were spending well beyond their means while hiding the deficit from European Union overseers. Now, when this came to light in May of 2010, to keep Greece from defaulting on its sovereign debt, countries in the Eurozone and the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, agreed to bail Greece out with 45 million euro. Basically, they gave them a package of 45 million euro. And this was to keep their economy afloat. And basically, they said, look, we'll give you some money, but you got to do some cutting. you got to show some austerity. And a word, again, we've talked about in this show in the past. Basically, the Greek citizens haven't taken the cuts well. There's been a ton of civil unrest and rioting, and it seems like nothing that they've been able to, to do over there has worked. They're basically in a free fall. And I just want to give everyone a little bit of context as to how bad things can become when we, when we misrepresent economic data and bailouts fail and people just expect the government to keep handing out money and the government is unable to do so. How bad can things get? Where's the context and all that? And again, remember, we're talking about Greece, a civilized country in Europe, okay? We're not talking about Guam or Zimbabwe or Haiti, but Greece. And last week in Greece, Medical Service Limited, a small Athens supplier of medical equipment, who can no longer pay their employees, by the way, well, they received an order from one of the city's hospitals for a heart monitoring machine, okay? They had to turn the order away. They had to turn the order away because making the machine would have meant that the company would have had to go in their own pockets to the tune of 35,000 euro. This is because Greek banks have stopped lending at every level and the German suppliers who make the equipment that they need to produce the machine demand their payments in cash. No more credit for the Greeks and no more loans. And folks, without credit and loans, business stops on a dime. It's just that simple. Now, even if they could come up with the 35,000 euro, the company would then have to hand over most of the money in sales tax to the Greek government within a month. 
way before the hospital would be likely to pay them. Without credit and loans, businesses stop on a dime. It's just that simple. And people were not talking about an automobile or a television or a Boeing 747. We're talking about the production of a heart monitoring machine. It's a rather important piece of equipment, wouldn't you think? The Greek government has just upped and stopped paying its bills like a deadbeat father. It owes nearly 7 billion euro to private businesses, and in the last 17 months, 68,000 businesses in Greece have closed. 68,000. In the next 12 months, they expect another 36,000 to close. And you can forget about tourism in Greece. That's well and over. Who wants to pay money to see that sort of shit show? And I say all that to say this. How far away is the United States, really? How far? When you misrepresent economic data to keep your web of bullshit going, you don't want to tell people how bad problems really are, you are aware services like Social Security, Medicaid, student loans are insolvent. How far away from the cliff are we? How many bailouts will there be? Doesn't it feel like everyone's just trying to push the cliff further away? Delay the plummet? Does anyone really believe that it really isn't coming? And my thing is, don't believe everything is really okay. Don't believe Barack Obama is steering the ship to safety, and don't believe that Mitt Romney can hop in the captain's seat and do the same. Now, you're probably thinking, well, you're saying there's nothing that can be done. Barack's not the person to lead us. Mitt Romney isn't the person to lead us. What should we do? I mean, really, what should we do? For that close to the edge, what, what should we do? And I think we just need to demand better. And we need to hold the people who represent us accountable. We... We have to think outside the box. Things have to change in this country. And if you can't see that, then I don't think you can be helped. That is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with a very special show. There's a couple things I'm really excited to talk about that I just didn't want to uh, do in this show because I thought it would take too much time. One of them is um, a little information about global warming and, and then uh, some more conversation about Greece. But there's going to be a, a really great show next week. I can promise you that now. And again, I thank you for listening. Um, this is the Just So You Know podcast. I am your host, Max Usler, and I hope you have a great week. Thank you so much.